You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I can't believe it. Ten years ago today, this show is being broadcast on the 28th of February, 2016. Back in 2006, a curious podcast debuted called The Paracast. And our first guests were Jim Mosley and Brad Steiger. Now, in case some of you don't recall the story, Brad Steiger named this show. We were going to call it Paracast World. And Brad said, why don't you just call it The Paracast? And our original co-host, David, and I said, okay, we'll do that. Now, we wanted to have Brad here for the 10th anniversary show. Brad took a nasty fall in snow-covered, ice-covered Iowa, so we got pretty badly bruised, and he begged off. So we just had to get well wish to Brad Steiger. But we do have surprises for you. We have Greg Bishop, of course, who was one of our guest co-hosts between the time we had our first co-host and Chris joined us. We also have a couple of surprises, and I'm not going to list them in name order. We have, of course, one of our friendly forum moderators who's heard the show since the beginning, Gogs Mackay. Hi, Gogs. Hi there, Gene. It's an honor to be here for the 10th anniversary show, and uh, I'm looking forward to another 10 years. It's the best show on. I will do it from the wheelchair with the walker. And we also have another surprise guest who hasn't been on the Powercast for a while, but we hope that's going to change. Paul Kimball, welcome back. Hi, Gene. Hi, Greg. Hi, Chris. And hi, Gogs, from New Scotland to Scotland. Hi, Paul. Always good to hear a Scottish accent. Thank you. Always good to hear you, too. One of the things I always liked, and we had Paul on the show, is he would say things that were so memorable you wanted to include them in your demo reel. And one of the most interesting statements you made on the Paracast, Paul, is when you talked about the Aztec UFO case and compared it to Dracula, where you stick a stake in it and it always comes back to life. You remember that? I do, and I wish I could take credit for that. I can take credit for propagating it, but I can't remember the old UFO updates list, which Cheryl Bruce Knapp used to run, uh, which is gone now. Somebody on that list many years ago, when I was actually making a film about the Aztec case, referred to it, I believe, as Ufology's Dracula. And I honestly can't remember who that was. And nobody, nobody sort of cared. It was a kind of a random poster. It wasn't one of the regulars, I don't think. But I thought, well, that's basically what Aztec is. So I kind of took it and ran with it. But as Mac Tonys used to say, the crypto-terrestrials was not something he came up with as a term. I'm happy to say that I only propagate the ufology's Dracula phrase. I, I didn't actually come up with it. Now, it's kind of strange and ages me. But when you first referred to it that way, ufology's Dracula, you know what I thought about? I thought about a movie from 1944, and that's before my time. I know some of you think I'm as old as the hills, called House of Frankenstein. And John Carradine played Dracula. You know, this was at a time where Bela Lugosi was restricted to B-movies, and he was drug-addicted, and nobody cared about him anymore, except for very bad movies. So John Carradine played Dracula. And in this scene, in this movie, we have Boris Karloff as a mad doctor. And the mad doctor is exhibiting the skeletal remains of Count Dracula. So he absentmindedly pulls the stake out of what would have been the heart of Dracula 
and he comes back to life. That's what I thought about, Paul Kimball, when you said that. Well, I guess, unfortunately, I'm one of the guys who pulled the stake out of the heart of the Aztec case, because when I was shooting a film on Majestic 12, which is another one of ufology's Draculas, there's vampires everywhere. But I piggybacked an Aztec film on that because Stan Friedman introduced me to Scott Ramsey and said, look, here's a case you should look. And I, you know, have Passport will make film for money. So sure, why not? Scott arranged some private investors from the U.S. to fund the film, but gave me complete editorial control which is why the film that eventually came out provides equal time to both Scott's views and the views of the um, skeptics like Carl Flock. Between my film, I guess, and Scott's book that eventually came out, that's kind of what relaunched the Aztec case in the mid-2000s after it had been dead and buried for about 25 years or so. The most recent attempt was a book by William Steinman, UFO Crash at Aztec, which I think came out in the late 1980s. I have a copy sitting around somewhere. I just can't remember the exact publication date. And then that made a splash for a little bit of time and then it disappeared. So yeah, as it's kind of like sequels. It's kind of like superhero films. You know, we're, we're on, I think the Aztec case is ufology's equivalent of Superman 4, Quest for Peace. Not a very good film, but you know, continuing the Crash Saucer meme. Well, now, of course, they've moved everything to TV. So we have Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. We had Constantine for half a year, and that was canceled. And now we have Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. And we have so many Marvel sequels, I can't keep up with them. But speaking about cases that don't die, Scott Ramsey comes out with that book, self-published, say, 2012. And just a couple of months ago, I get a book from, you know, a fairly major publisher of UFOs and paranormal books called New Page. We're all familiar with them. It's another edition of Aztec, the Aztec UFO incident. So I asked Scott Ramsey, okay, and we're not going to make this show about Aztec, just get rid of it right now. I asked him, what's different about this new book? And he says, there's over 100 pages of new material. So I said, summarize it for me. And so far, I've asked him four times. And he hasn't been able to summarize any major changes. I assume the editing is slicker because I read a couple of chapters. But I can't, for the life of me, figure out what makes it worth reading again. So, of course, at this point in time, I'm not going to read it again. Goggs, you had something to say. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to point out that ufology has, is just full of Draculas. There are so many cases that have been put to bed, and yet they rise again and again and again. And it doesn't matter what evidence you produce to the you know to the true believers if they've already set their heart on a case there's nothing you can say to them that'll change their minds and there's just so many resurrections happening all the time it's quite disappointing really it, it can make you a bit disillusioned but with shows like the Paracast and most of the guests we have on you know we we can see past these things but they're there all the time the Draculas are there all the time no matter how many stakes are driven through the heart you know it would make things a lot better if you FO investigators even the ones who write books and get paid for it and do paid lectures would admit when the situation changes oh I used to accept that case but now, looking at it upon reflection, I do not. And it's kind of like the political world. You know, nobody in politics wants to admit to changing their mind because that's flip-flopping. It's not being an adult and saying, you know what? Based on this new set of facts, I can't support that position anymore. I changed. I got older. And it's the same thing. And I don't want to really criticize your Uncle Stanton Friedman, Paul, but you and I both agree that there's nothing to MJ-12. Why does he stick with it, man? 
I don't know. Stan has changed his mind on some things over the years, certainly. And he doesn't stick with everything to do with MJ-12. He's been very critical, for instance, of the Tim Cooper documents, for example. His position is a little more nuanced, but he believes the original documents are real. Some of that comes down to ego. I don't mean that quite as pejoratively as it might sound, but you know, when you were the guy, it's, it's hard to let something go. I've never discovered anything in ufology. Uh, except for some Canadian records, and they're objective. I, I just kind of write or make films about UFO cases, or I used to. So, for instance, when I did my top 10 film back in 2007, you know, I, pu- I put up a post a couple of years ago uh, where I said, look, here's what I think of these 10 cases now. These four have been explained. These three, I think, you know, sort of I think have been explained. Tim, uh, Tim Printy took a really good crack at the RB47 case because I challenged him to. And uh, he devoted an entire issue of his Sunlight magazine to it. And I think he did an exhaustive job. And I generally accept his conclusions, generally. So, you know, you have to be able to revise your position when somebody, I mean, that's isn't that what UFO researchers are always asking for? They want the skeptics to take them seriously. They want them to look at the evidence. Well, when they look at the evidence and they come up with a reasonable explanation, then you kind of have to accept it and move on. We've got the 10th anniversary special roundtable of the Paracast, and we're featuring Paul Kimball, Greg Bishop, Gogs Mackay, Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. I know that a lot of our listeners are interested in UFOs, the issue of giant skeletons found in America, paranormal investigations, and what the top researchers think about such topics. One online magazine has been presenting such unusual information since 1985. It is Alternate Perceptions Magazine at apmagazine.info. Use their search function to find articles on just about every topic imaginable. That's apmagazine.info. Info. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. Removing bad taste and odor from your drinking water is easy. Removing the bad stuff you don't taste is what ProPure does best. Water the way nature meant it to be. 
clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure countertop, inline gravity, and household water filtration products. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. 10th Anniversary Roundtable with Paul Kimball, Greg Bishop, Chris O'Brien, of course, and Gene Steinberg and Gogs McKay. Greg Bishop. Since we're talking about things... Yes, Gene Steinberg. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, we can start again, but I haven't figured out how. All right, we're talking here about changing your mind about a UFO or paranormal case. Where have you modified your views about specific cases over the years? I'm trying to think of a good one. I got a good challenge on the uh, Rex Heflin case, but it was from somebody on the UFO Mystic Forum, and I couldn't see any of his good points except for they had found that it, it was closer to the truck than than originally thought the the uh i think the, the object was closer to the truck that was photographed than originally thought that was found by some skeptics but then some other people went through and looked at it and presented a paper that said it wasn't and so i was prepared to change my mind but i didn't the funny thing is the, the only thing i think of that i really changed my mind on was i didn't think there was anything to the dulcie base rumors not, not at all. I thought it was all completely made up by the Air Force, or the NSA, or whoever. And then um, over a period of years, um, Gabe Valdez, who was the uh, state highway patrol, I mean state police guy up in, in near Dulce, uh, talked to me. And uh, over a period of years, like I said, he, he informed me that there was some sort of a weird thing there, maybe a base, something underground. <clears throat> not exactly where everybody thought it was and not even really where Paul Benowitz said it was, but um, somewhere up there. And he offered to take me there and show me the, you know, show me what, where the entrance was. He said it looked like it had been dynamited or something like that. 
And along and him and a couple other people in the tribe told me the same thing. I don't think they were pulling my leg. Now, does that mean there was a base there with alien hybrids and uh, and body parts and bats and all that? No, it doesn't mean that whatsoever. But it does mean that maybe there was something going on there. And the the, the craziest thing I heard is it was an air base, like like a James Bond thing that things could fly into the mountain. I don't know if that's true, but I had I, I changed my stance just a little bit, just to, as open to the possibility. That's not really a UFO case, but it was an uh, aspect of a um, of a famous uh, chapter in ufology. Other than that, you know, when somebody comes up with a um, good explanation, uh, I'm perfectly willing to to change my mind on it. I mean, I don't mind. I don't have. I'm not evo- emotionally invested in any of these things. If somebody said something I'd written, if I written, if I had written an entire book and somebody said it was, it was wrong, or there was, you know, there was no basis in fact for anything I'd written, like Stan, I guess I'd have a really hard time letting go of it. But the thing is, that, you know, a hundred people tell me something, or even three or four or five, and give me compelling evidence. Of course, I'm going to change my mind. Otherwise, uh, things don't advance, and you end up looking stupid to a lot of people. <laughs> I kind of think here when you have something like that, a situation like that, being able to say, okay, folks, I think that this particular case, which once impressed me upon further reflection, it doesn't. And it's important that sometimes we look back at old cases and get them out of the way so we can concentrate on the stuff that's really good. Chris, over the years, do you recall cases that you may have believed at one time and then you said, you know what, maybe not? Well, yeah, uh, you know, starting at the granddaddy of them all, Roswell, I think uh, early on before I became more up to speed about the ins and outs of the case. And it, it just, um, you know, again, it's <laughs> to overuse the term, it's one of those Dracula cases uh, for me. It, it doesn't matter how many times we stab it, it keeps coming back. When I initially heard about Roswell in the late 80s, early uh, 90s, I, I thought there was something to it. I, you know, of course, with that that wonderful headline uh, at the Roswell Daily News and the fact that the the army actually uh, you know was responsible for putting out the uh, the 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 announcement and all that i i was very impressed with that but of, of course the more that i have dug into the case uh, the more it's gotten i don't know just almost a mythic reputation um, i don't think the books that have come out since the original couple 3 have really done the case uh a great service. I think the waters have been incredibly muddied. I have become less and less convinced over the years that it was an extraterrestrial event I, and become more and more convinced that we were dealing with some sort of man-made uh, object, although that's not a very popular point of view. Uh, I don't think you know it goes as far as Nick uh, Redfern's, uh, I think, very entertaining theory that body snatchers in the desert but I, I think we do need creative thinking uh just in general been saying this like a broken record for years um other cases yeah there have been a few uh i think cape Girardeau is one that deserves more attention um i i originally thought that there was nothing to that having dug into it a little bit i think that there may be something uh there uh other cases uh san luis valley cases uh, I think over the years, um, the cases have stood up surprisingly well. I've, I've come to doubt uh, some of the cattle mutilation cases. I, I think more and more and more of these uh, cases are, are misidentified scavenger action, not all by any stretch. 
So I, my thinking has become more conservative in general around that particular uh, mystery. But I do, um, again, stand by the um, my assertion that uh, we are dealing with a serial crime spree of unprecedented uh, uh, you know, levels, if you will, and that there's definitely something there. But, you know, I, I think for the most part, I, I, I trust my instincts uh, about cases. I, I don't even really dig into cases that I, I just don't feel I, – that I feel are instinctively are just a waste of time. Perhaps that's a fault. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, it's, I, I just don't have enough time to uh, to devote to chasing uh, my tail or uh, chasing around cases that uh, don't have enough uh, scintillating evidence to you know really attract uh, deep interest. So I don't know if that answers your question, but – I, I am pliable enough to, I think, to look at new facts coming out about a case and 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 factor that yeah, in. Yeah. I, I'm not. I, I try to be as flexible and open minded as I can and as objective as I can. Gogs, what about you? Um, I'm not. Well, I'm not too sure about actual cases that I once believed and now I don't. Um, but say, for instance, certain pieces of evidence. Now, I think a lot of us believed the Belgium Triangle photo was genuine, and then it turned out that it wasn't. Um, I'm not, I, I still think Roswell had something pretty high strange about it. I've never believed Aztec. Um because the one thing about the Roswell case is, you know, well, say 20, 30 years ago, there were still, you know, a large number of living witnesses um, who had, you know, some part to play, see in the whole event. Um, can I quickly just go back to the thing about Stanton Friedman and the NJ-12 documents? Let's hold that for our next sure. segment. Okay, so we'll talk about. Stanton Friedman and MJ-12, we're still present. We're still accounted for. We're here doing the 10th anniversary episode of the Paracast. Ten years ago today, the show premiered. We have Paul Kimball, Chris O'Brien, Gene Steinberg, Greg Bishop, Gogs Mackay. With Gene and Chris and everyone, you're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. 
What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and body extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Attention citizens, this man has received national attention for accurately predicting every major financial trend, including the market crash of 2008. His name is Harry Dent. And in his newly released book, he is making even bigger and bolder predictions that have the potential to devastate the world economy and your personal wealth. You can get a free copy of Harry Dent's bestseller, The Demographic Cliff, containing never-before-published information by simply visiting www.harrydentresearch.com. Again, that's www.harrydentresearch.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Removing bad taste and odor from your drinking water is easy. Removing the bad stuff you don't taste is what ProPure does best. Water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure countertop, inline gravity, and household water filtration products. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We continue, kind of revisit old cases where our opinions might have changed. I'll ask for further response from Paul Kimball, and I'll give you mine in a moment, but Gogs. You were talking about Stanton Friedman and MJ-12 in our previous segment. Go on, please. Yeah, I was just... Uh, somebody mentioned earlier on about how Stanton is steadfast and, you know, still believing the, the MJ-12 document's authenticity when most people in ufology certainly don't. But I actually heard him in an interview 
just the other day. It's a quite recent interview, and he actually seemed to me to have changed his stance quite a lot. He was admitting that the vast majority of the documents were indeed false, with just a few grains of truth in the classic mode of disinformation, where you actually include a bit of truth with a lot of disinformation. And that seems to be quite a change from, say, 10, 15, 20 years ago, when he seemed to believe much more of them were the genuine article. I think he has changed his uh, mind on the MJ-12 documents quite a lot, actually. All right. Let me just give you my examples, and I'll ask Paul about how his opinions have changed over the years. In my case, it is about Roswell and MJ-12, and we were talking about sequel-itis before. And now, of course, with all the witnesses gone in Roswell, we have a book called The Children of Roswell from Carrie and Schmidt. Okay? So next issue will be Beyond Roswell or Roswell Beyond or something like that, or The Wrath of Roswell. I'm waiting for that book. You know, book 26, The Wrath of Roswell. Ron Regera has a book, another damn book about Roswell. You see? (laughs) We're right. We had Ron on the show here, and I kind of wondered whether we even care about some of this minute stuff because we're not getting to the core of it. But MJ-12, I grew skeptical of that probably in the late 80s, which dates me. Roswell, I do think we need to expand ourselves. It's too simplistic to say, okay, it was E.T. I think the ideas of it being something related to Earth should be explored further. Those are areas in which Certainly, my skepticism has increased. I even consider things like, what is it, Cash Landrum and maybe Rendlesham might have more been related to the test of a nuclear-powered aircraft as much as about possible UFOs. I don't know. Paul Kimball, over the years, what about the things that you used to believe in but no longer? Yeah, it's a pretty wide sort of range of things. You know, I don't want to talk about a particular UFO case, I, I, I don't think, because there's a lot of them. You know, I spent a year in 2008, 2009, came out in 2010, doing a ghost investigating television series up here in Canada and shot, shot four of the episodes in England, actually. And, you know, going in, um, my, well, yeah, Holly and I were on the show many years ago. Um, my co-host Holly was more of the believer type and I was more of the the Scully type from the X-Files. So we kind of gender-bended the roles there. And things happened during the course of the show that you could have one of two things. You could have one of two reactions. The first one is to just hunker down, as so many UFO believers do, but so so too do so many disbelievers, as I call them, and just ignore evidence or ignore experiences and say, well, okay, that that couldn't be anything. I'm not even going to think about it. Or you could say, well, that was genuinely weird. I don't know what it was, but it changes my perception of what might actually be happening here. So I'm not going to just dismiss 100% of it as lies or hoaxes or misidentifications or misperceptions. I'm going to actually take a closer look at it. And I think sometimes when it happens to you, that can have a very direct impact on you. People of faith or spirituality, when they have direct religious experiences, as we might call them, some very often can change their views on questions of God or that sort of thing. I mean, Saul on the road to Damascus is the most 
well-known example uh, to the point where he even changed his name to my name. So, or I changed my name to his name, but, you know, and started a world religion. But, you know, you can find those transformative events. Not everyone's going to be Saul on the road to Damascus, but we can all have those moments where, you know, we have to call into question our beliefs, whether it's politics or, or whether it's in the paranormal or anything. So, sure. I mean, any lawyer will tell you too, as uh, Gog said about evidence, that, you might enter a trial or you might enter a case with a particular set of evidence and when new evidence comes to light you have one of two choices you can either ignore it and continue on and that usually means that even if you do convict somebody it's going to be overturned on appeal and you're going to look like an idiot by the way that would also be called prosecutorial malfeasance you could go to jail for something like that certainly lose your job or you could take the new evidence and you could say you know what i'm going to factor this into what i'm looking at but i'm also going to give it to the other side and say look you take a look at it and you give me your thoughts and let's try and come to the truth of the matter here i see that in my day-to-day life all the time whether politics or the industry i work in or the things that interest me like the paranormal far too many people don't share new evidence or don't share their opinions in an open and honest way Without that, you can't have a real dialogue. It's one of the reasons why I was attracted. Wait, that sounds wrong. But I'll say attracted to Greg and Nick and Mac Tonys. You know, we all sort of thought the same way. That none of us had any real preconceptions. We would just run ideas through the mill. And I think that's the way you have to look at it. And if more people would do that, I think you'd find more people interested in the subject. Well, the problem is here is that when the media covers UFOs, it's always with pre-built assumptions. So UFOs have to be spaceships. We accept that. The Roswell crash was real. Now let's have another exciting UFO event. Let's get the night vision goggles out. And that is where it begins and where it ends. And it's why we get possibly nowhere. Now, if you folks heard last week's episode I did with Peter Davenport, and Chris had to leave a little bit before the end of the show, I was really kind of ragging on him about the database You know, he's kept this database up for 22 years with thousands and thousands of UFO cases. And it's really almost useless because it doesn't have very good search. He's not apt to see if there's a way to merge that with, say, MUFON's database, although both parties would have to agree. It's at a point where we have all this information. A lot of it is online, but it doesn't do anything. We're not really investigating anything. We're just sighting collectors. We're storytellers. Who wants to enter with a comment about that? Just jump in. Okay, I will. I recently interviewed um, Cassidy Nicholas, who's an official in MUFON, and I asked her directly. I said, one, are you changing the questions you ask instead of just how high was it, what color was it, all this other stuff? Two, and she said, yes, they're changing it or they're trying to. Two, how do you guard against people leading witnesses? Because, you know, you're, you're... your impression of the typical UFO investigator is they're trying to find evidence for extraterrestrial visitation. She assured me that they, they are told to be as, as non-committal as possible, not to lead the witness, don't uh, ask them any leading questions. It's like, okay, I, I guess that's all you can do. And the third one was, what do you do with this database? Can anybody use it? She assured me that anybody could use it in a limited way. I guess if you're in the hierarchy or a member or something or make a special request, you can use it. But the thing is, yeah, uh, up, up to now, people like Davenport, MUFON, uh, and uh, earlier, the uh, APRO, and a few other uh, QFOs have been collecting all this information. And it's, it's, you know, it's an incomplete list, but it's a huge database. The, probably one of the most um, creative things that could be done with this database is get it all together, 
standardize it in some way, and then start running it through extremely strange scenarios, um, mixing very you know very disparate things like the person's background and the day of the week or something like that. Um, another thing that was pointed out that should be added to the database, and um, when uh, Jacques Vallée spoke at uh, uh, International UFO uh, Conference, he said this near the end, which somebody said I should, they thought I was going to stand up and cheer. But he said um, the, the database is great, but things should be added to it, like uh, subjective impressions and maybe more importantly, what was the person doing before? What activity were they engaged in? What were they doing that day? And what, were they, what happened later? What happened the next day, the next week, a couple you know, months, years? How yeah. was their life, life changed? Let's That's do our break, and then, okay. Chris, you respond, then we'll have Gox. Okay, the 10th anniversary Paracast show. Getting down to business with Gox McKay, Greg Bishop, Paul Kimball, Gene and Chris. With Gene and Chris, you're in... Le Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. 
it's about time something new came along for better selling and buying online. And I found it. What now, Marge? It's buysellmakeoffer.com. Never heard of it. It's a brand new company. That's why you've never heard of it. It's the newest and best way to sell any products online. I did all the research. Sell my car? Yes. Our home? Yep. My golf bag? Your golf clubs. All of them. How about your purse collection hoard? Hey, now. You said any product. Right. I did. Hmm. We get 30 days free. Really? Packages starting from only $7.95. And buysellmakeoffer.com will never charge item fees ever. Mm. Never. And this is cool. Listen to this. You can even use Skype or video to show your items. That's cool. Yes. All we have to do is go to the website, sign up, and then load our stuff to sell. I love this site. Buysellmakeoffer.com. Buysellmakeoffer.com. You got it? Buysellmakeoffer.com. Buy, sell, makeoffer.com. Better selling, better buying. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX that's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. We have Paul Kimball, Gogs Mackay, Greg Bishop with Gene and Chris on the Paracast. Let me remind you about the Paracast Plus. I haven't mentioned it so far today. It's where we offer the ad-free version of this show, the After the Paracast podcast, show transcripts, videos coming, and more to come. Go to plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S.theparacast.com. Some have asked us, once you subscribe to Paracast Plus, can you hear the shows in iTunes? Yes. Can you hear them on your iPhone and Android smartphone? Yes, you can. On iOS, podcasts app, downcast. And there are apps also for Android you could hear it on plus.theparacast.com. So we had Greg's response there about the issues regarding databases, the MUFON database, what Jacques Vallée had to say at the International UFO Congress. Chris, you wanted to throw in a comment, then Goggs. Chris? Well, I did. And I, I, uh, I actually... Um was kind of wondering if, if Greg had stood up and started cheering, I would have too. <laughs> when uh, Valet pointed out wow. that what essentially what he was saying is we've been, you know, these databases are great when you're looking at an event and the, the actual mechanics of, of what went on, you know, duration, azimuths, uh, approximate speed, um, color, approximate size, that sort of thing. But, but what, most of these databases, in fact, all of them, in my opinion, are missing the forest for the trees. I, I think the experiencer is as important as what's being experienced, if not more. It's the impact that these events have on people's lives, how, how these experiences may or may not um, you know, impact the person's thinking, their belief systems, uh, their sense of, of I don't know um, – Oftentimes you hear of people having these events and, 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 and they are very dramatically impacted by it. In fact, they start religions, they, uh, they channel uh, ascended masters, they, they fall uh, the prey to the special destiny syndrome, if you will. 
but some people don't. It's uh, the the impact of these events on their life and their thinking is is more subtle. And I think it's these follow up interviews, uh, staying in touch with witnesses, uh, ringing them up occasionally, and you know, and just having small talk, and then just kind of feeling them out to find out how the event has uh, changed or hasn't changed um, how they view themselves, uh, their place in reality, and the type of phenomenal event that they experience. I, I think this is very, very important, and it is not being addressed at all. Yeah, Gene, I've just got a quick couple of points uh, going back to Peter Davenport's um, appearance the, uh, last week. Um, there was one thing that I just thought was great when you said, when you asked Peter, you know, um, you know, what are we getting out of this? You know, you make, making your kind of database and stuff, you know, without merging it with others. And he said, oh, Gene, you know, I get, you know, calls or emails from people saying, oh, you've no idea how much you've helped me or something. And you you quipped back, oh, you know, that's great. You made somebody feel good, you know, as if to sort of say, you know, that's not really enough of a reason to be doing I've got the greatest respect for Peter Davenport. He works very hard for a long time for no pay and all that. We get that. But he just seems so reluctant to kind of even consider uh, merging his data with anything else. With And what I, what I was basically wanting to, uh, I wanted to get a hold of him and think, say, right, you're doing all this work. You've been doing it for 20 years or so, Peter. But why? What is the point if all you do is keep it to yourself with no intention of like uh, adding it to the greater picture of other databases stuff? So I'm thinking he's complaining about all the hours he has to work and stuff like that for no pay. I'm thinking, well, why? What are you doing? What What's the end result you want, Peter? Apart from just having this database, it's not going anywhere. And the only way to make it go anywhere is to take it further by, you know, adding in, well, adding the work with the work of other people. I don't know what his end aim is if he doesn't wish to, you know, share the data with other people. I mean, I understand him saying, oh, I've done the work and I don't want to just give it away for free. So well, what, why is he doing it? I couldn't understand what his motivation is to give up all this time. But for what? This is the thing that bothers me so much. Now, he's trying to put a cash value on the database. Well, I've been doing it for 22 years. I don't just want to give it away. Well, what do you want to do with it? It's the same question we'd ask of MUFON or anybody who has a database. Now, remember here, we have these file cabinets with APROS files in it, and that stuff has never been digitized. And there could be a ton of information there that we have no access to. In fact, Chris, I know you've made a lot of comments about that, that we have these people who are caretakers of APROS files and nothing's being done. I gather, Chris, nothing is still being done. Completely disappeared as far as I can tell. I haven't uh, been able to even ascertain whether they're still in the Sedona area or not. Their phone is still apparently works. Uh, there's no message on the message uh, machine. So I'm assuming that the same phone numbers work. And every three or four times a year, I call them up and say, hey, remember me? Uh, you owe me a visit to the APRO files. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, I, I just hope that they haven't been ransomed off to some private uh, collector or some Japanese guy or... You know, you, you just never know. These people 
were caretakers of a million dollar gem and mineral collection and used it as collateral to get uh, loans to buy land and got busted. Um, they're, they're shady kind of fly fly by night people to begin with. And the fact they ended up with the files is just flabbergasting to me. They were talking 15 full four drawer file cabinets, plus a lot of boxes, books, tapes, um, that sort of thing. Uh, enough to fill a small storage locker. It would take years to digitize all that material yeah. if it were available. And I remember the title of an article written by Ray Palmer about a brouhaha involving me and Alan Greenfield and Rick Hilberg and Richard Hall back in the 60s when I tried to visit NICAP headquarters with my friends and Hall looked at me and pointed his finger at me and said, you're not welcome here. So we told Palmer what happened. He wrote an article called No Investigations Can Actually Proceed, NICAP for NICAP. But the point here, which continues to bother me, is that nobody, nobody is really doing that much research here. You know, we have databases where they're throwing information into this big box and they're doing nothing with it. And you have field investigators from MUFON collecting sightings and nothing is being done with it. It's entered into the database. No investigations can actually proceed. Goggs, you had a comment, and we only have a couple of minutes left for the segment. You had a comment you want to make about disclosure, and maybe we could relate it to this. Exactly. How often do you hear demands in the sub in the field of ufology about, oh, the government needs disclosure dis- uh, to make disclosure. Disclosure's coming this year, next year, whatever. But then you've got all these people, such as Peter Davenport, and they have no intention of disclosing what they've got. So, you know, it's kind of, well, you can't expect the government to do something that we're not willing to do ourselves. Yeah. Pot calling the kettle black. Exactly. Chris, we had a number of questions asked of our roundtable participants in the question bank at forum.theparacast.com. We have a minute 40 left for this segment, but maybe you could bring up a question or two and we'll start to answer. Go ahead. Okay, well, here's a good one. Um, this one uh, comes from Burnt State. Uh, Robert is one of our, our premier posters, uh, one of the few posters uh, with more likes than posts, actually. He's up almost uh, to 4,000 messages posted. And he's wondering, this is kind of a, um, uh, just throw it out to the, to the group here, but if you had to name your own foundational pillars of ufology, for better or for worse, what would be some of the cornerstone pieces in how you learn to think about this field of study? Could these be people, books, or specific cases even? So when we come back, we'll, we'll get uh, Paul and Greg's and Goggs's view on this. And um, I... My my mine is very simple. So when we come back, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and address that. All right. This is the beginning, and we have a number of questions from listeners, and we'll try to get to a lot of them. Obviously, we don't predict what they're going to ask. We will predict again that we'd love you to really, really show your support of the Paracast by joining the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com. P L U S. Theparacast.com. Of course, we feature that special exclusive podcast called After the Paracast with all sorts of things that are unpredictable. We've add show transcripts with more to come. It takes time. Our first videos and lots, lots more to learn how to sign up. Go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. 
We have Greg Bishop, Gogs Mackay, Paul Kimball, Gene and Chris. You're in the Beargast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Biochemistry determines your mood, memory, energy, and endurance. Your body's primary metabolic function is to make protein. One World Way is a unique, non-denatured protein. This enables your body to have virtually 100% utilization, whereas typical whey protein powders offer no more than 18% utilization of protein. One World Way also delivers life-giving frequencies to your cells. The net result for so many people is improved energy, mood, and elimination of pain from inflammation. This technologically enhanced One World Way has been really amazing for me. I'm 36 years old, and for the past several years, I've been struggling with lack of energy, drive, and stamina. And after just two weeks on this product, I'm feeling so much more energy. My yoga practice has deepened, and as a massage therapist, I'm able to see more clients than I've been able to in years. I've never felt results that quick with anything I've ever taken. Call 888-988-3325 or visit oneworldway.com. That's oneworld, W-H-E-Y.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. The Paracast's 10th anniversary show. Chris, why don't you respond to the question that was asked, and then we'll get to the other members of our panel. Uh, pretty much nothing. <laughs> The question was, in the last 10 years, what major changes in your thinking about UFOs have taken place and who or what was the source of the shift discussed? In, in terms of thinking about UFOs, nothing has really changed. Um, I'm pretty stuck in the mud when it comes to uh, my particular out-of-the-box, uh, attempting to be out-of-the-box perspective. I think some of the things that, have, that I can point to as, as being you know, co-host on the show and listening to you know, gosh, at least three or four hundred guests since I've been involved in the show. It's reinforced, I think, my view, um, as I was saying before, that, that the experiencer is as important, if not more important, than the actual experience that uh, is reported. I think that that's something that's become reinforced. We're seeing a dramatic increase in hoaxing and the dumbing down of, I think, the le- the level and and 
quality of education, I think, out there in the general public about the subject. Um, we're seeing a real shift to delusional thinking, uh, I think, on the part of the, of the, as Tom Adams would say, the great unwashed masses uh, out there that devour this stuff. Um, I, and I find that very unfortunate. I think it's uh, becoming increasingly more difficult for the average person to discern real video footage, real photographs, um, because the hoaxers are getting more proficient. They have better tools. And that's just muddying up the waters. You know, I, I ebb and flow uh, about this subject. In the last 10 years, I felt a little bit invigorated myself. Uh, the prior 10 years, I, I had kind of burned out a little bit, and I had to leave the San Luis Valley. I had to uh, get on with my life. I started looking into other paranormal subjects, uh, ritual, uh, the Western esoteric tradition, uh, um, other things, um, hauntings, uh, haunted sites, that sort of thing, and, and got into uh, more crypto stuff. I, I tried to get away from the UFO and the cow thing uh, for a while, but um, for the most part, nah. I, you know, my my thinking is has once it hit a certain plateau, uh, I think that we're dealing with something that's highly mercurial and tricksterish, and I don't think enough people really really factor that aspect in. I, I know Greg and Paul do, and I know Gogs is appreciative of that, and but um, I, I just I, I think it's a it's very frustrating to see people just buy things at face value to the to the extent that they do. We discussed, obviously, earlier in the show about specific cases we accepted and didn't accept, and now we're talking about conclusions and such. Paul Kimball, what do you have to say about it? Well, first, I'd just like to say on the previous subject of conversation about databases and, and that sort of thing, very quickly, it's not actually, assuming you could get your hands on those archival uh, materials. It's not actually that hard to digitally archive them. It takes time and it takes some effort, and there would be an expense. But if you were to go to if you were to go to Steve Bassett, for instance, and say of the six hundred thousand dollars you supposedly had for the congressional fake congressional hearings um, in Washington a year or two ago, how about you hive off ten percent of that, pay a grad student or two to right. take all of these materials and create a digital archive? You could actually accomplish that. Um, I know because Rebecca Wise created the Project Blue Book Archive and spent a great amount of time at her own expense to put those up online so they would be available for as many people as wanted to look at them. So that's one thing. The other thing quickly I'd add about Peter Davenport is there's a difference between evidence that you collect yourself and an evidence that you like that you go out in the field and you find and evidence that people reports that people send into you and one of the problems i have with davenport's stance is that all of those reports and mufon too all of those reports that they're that he's taking in the intellectual property lies with the people who are making the reports. He's just the person collect, and you know it's a valuable thing to be the person who's collecting them. But ultimately, he's not the important piece of the puzzle. The people who made the reports are. So, if the Roswell slides case, or Edward Snowden, or Chelsea Manning, or any of these things have taught us anything over the last decade, it's that the 21st century should be as much as possible about open sourcing, about transparency, about sharing information. Otherwise, all of the technology that we have is useless. 
meaningless. So we need to take advantage of this new technology and share information in all walks of life, which sounds ironic for a guy who works in an industry that relies on copyright protection. But like I said, there's a difference between the stuff you create yourself and the stuff that maybe you compile. Really good point, Paul. Now, as part of the second part of it there in terms of UFOs and your thinking. Um, who's changed my thinking? Uh, I would say, well, Nick, Greg, Mac, you know, ufological rat pack or whatever. But Carl Flock, Tim Printy, Lance Moody, Tim Herbert, skeptics, people that challenged me over the last 10 years, not that I was ever a believer, but I would put forward cases and say, well, look, I, I really think the RB47 case is something special. I really think the Kelly Johnson case is something special. And they would argue back. There's a very long argument in somewhere in the Paracast forums years ago between Lance and I about uh, the Kelly Johnson case. I reacted initially, I guess, the same way that Stan might react if you challenged him on MJ-12. But slowly and surely, and I'm not sure I completely agree with Lance on every aspect of that case, but you know, you, you develop a dialogue and you have to have that conversation. So I've come to respect the skeptics. I consider myself a skeptic, actually, but I've come to respect fellow skeptics or even debunkers much more than I do the believers because I find them much more open-minded and at least willing to engage in a conversation. And we saw that within the Roswell Slides Research Group, which was composed of both skeptics and people that I would classify as leaning towards believing in the ETH. And we all managed to work together and basically solved the Roswell Slides, the big mystery, within about two days. Because once we got the data that Hyman Masson and, and the others were hiding, it was fairly easy to discover what was actually what it was. So there was no big mystery. It was only a mystery that was created by people that were looking to make money off of it. And so that kind of open sourcing and cooperative venture between people with on other issues, we, we all had different points, different points of view. But on that one issue, we could come together and we could work together to come up with a pretty quick solution because we didn't hold anything back. We didn't get offended. We didn't get our feelings out of joint. And we shared information. And I think that's the way forward in the 21st century. And what guys like Davenport and MUFON are doing are looking at a 20th century model that utterly failed research into the UFO phenomenon because it compartmentalized information amongst different people and different groups. And the Roswell case is replete with that. You know, you had Stan Friedman and Bill Moore on one side, Kevin Randall and Don Schmidt on another side, other researchers over here, and none of them would share their information. That's not the roadmap to truth. That's just a roadmap to you know, what we have now, which is a whole bunch of competing maybe truths, <laughs> and nobody knows what they are. Well, it's kind of like if you keep repeating the same thing each time and expecting a different result, that's the definition of insanity. I'm not going to say someone is insane as a result, but I think disclosure is the biggest example of that. In terms of my thinking, I started out with the ETH back in the 50s when I was a wee lad, a wee lad in Brooklyn, New York. And it's modified to basically saying there's a lot of things happening here in terms of experiences, and we don't really fully understand all the interactions yet. So maybe I know less as I get older. How about you, Greg? Well, it, the, the thinking generally hasn't changed. I think the, my basis was reading things from people like Robert Anton Wilson when I was in my 20s, who basically, his basic message is um, believe nothing, but take in all the information and weigh it uh, with your, put it through your, your own personal filters and, and, you know, and trust that those filters are good and, and, and uh, equitable. In, in terms of in the last 10 years, 
about the only people I could think of are probably burnt states. One of them, actually, one of one of your uh, the guy that asked the question and that uh, I've contacted and, and talked with a little bit. He's changed my uh, mind a little bit, or at least my focus. And uh, before that was uh, Bruce Duensing, who uh, passed away tragically last year. But uh, I had some intense um, conversation and communication with him for about three or four months. Let me just do the break here and we'll continue with that. I keep getting on breaks. I know that. (laughs) With Greg Bishop, Paul Kimball, Gogs Mackay, Gene and Chris, you're in El Paracosto. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you tired of the cold this winter? Are you prepared for the next blizzard or snowstorm? What will you do when the power and heat go off? That could be our future. Fortress Clothing's Bug Out Bag with our head-to-toe solution is your one-step answer to survival in the cold. It doesn't expire. It doesn't go bad. It's lightweight and mobile. And it doesn't just sit on the shelf waiting for an emergency. You can use Fortress today. Be warm and comfortable if you or your family work in the cold. Be warm and comfortable while you play, hunt, fish, camp, ski, paraglide, go sledding with the family, or just shovel the walks. You will never be cold again. FortressClothing.com is the answer. Your emergency preparedness solution to the cold. Your solution to working or playing in the cold. Visit us at FortressClothing.com and enter RADIO. Buy now and receive your 20% off discount. You will never be cold again. FortressClothing.com. It could save your life one day. Nowadays, there are millions of people with old smartphones, iPads, tablets, you name it, just sitting around collecting dust. And if those are improperly disposed of, well, they contain unsafe toxic materials harmful to you and the environment. But now, these devices can be used as a painless way to help support your favorite GCN shows. Visit DonateMyCell.com. Donations are tax-deductible, and if you donate 10 or more devices, you'll receive a special free gift offer. That's DonateMyCell.com. DonateMyCell.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System. System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey
Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Greg, unfortunately, starts talking just before the break. (laughs) But it's a plot against him. It's the Illuminati has plotted against Greg Bishop. (laughs) But, however, this is the beginning of the segment, so now you can continue, sir. <laughs> you got 10 minutes, dude. Oh, yeah. Actually, what? 8 minutes and 50 seconds. Sorry. I'm who's counting? That much. But uh, those, uh, the two people I brought up, at least you know, in the last few years, they kind of turned my mind towards what Chris was saying, is that the, the, the witness is probably more important, and that um, my opinion has changed to kind of a witness-centered uh, strategy, and the idea that, uh, and I won't go into it because I have before, but the idea that way more than we think uh, is going on in UFO, uh, way more than we think is coming from us. Because when something strange happens to people, their, their minds are furiously trying to make sense of it and stuff it into boxes and their subconscious get invo- gets involved and uh, their uh, cultural conditioning gets involved and I think that whatever they saw, whatever they experienced, is what their memory is, and not what it was. So I think that there's a there's a uh, it's like the blood brain barrier or something. It's like the uh, consciousness subconsciousness storytelling barrier, whatever you want to call it. I think that's something we really have to look at. So I think we have to look at ourselves more than we look at the phenomenon at least for a while, just to see what the, you know, the instrument that's taking in all this information, we got to figure out what, how the instrument works and how the instrument might be recording, measuring, whatever you want to call it in, in uh, very uh, crude terms. But we have to look at that instrument and, and find out how it works. Uh, actually, there could be manipulation going on there to almost in, in, in a subtle way force the, the experiencer to have a particular quality memory. Um, so we don't even know where the dividing line is, whether the memory or the experience is pure, whether it's being adulterated. We don't know. I think we adulterate it more than the than, uh, for some reason I get my my intuition is that we adulterate it more than the phenomenon ever could for the most part. I, I would have to talk to many people who, you know, are absolutely convinced or I'd have to go through it myself. You know, if I went through something like this myself, I'm sure, you know, I would hope not, but I'm sure a lot of my opinions would change. I've never had any kind of close encounter like that, at least not that I remember. And that might change my opinions. I, I have no idea. But for right now, I've got this 
very strong intuition that a lot of it is coming from us. Not saying that we're making it up or that it's, you know, a psychosis or anything like that, but the experience, the remembered experience, which is all that we have, I think most of it comes from us, and we have to take a look at that. Gox, your point of view? I just wanted to quickly come back to a, a, a story that Stanton Friedman uh, often relates about when he was a, a young school pupil and he got into an argument with uh, his teacher who said one thing about the solar system or whatever and Stanton argued his case uh, saying that she was wrong. As it turned out, he was right and she was wrong, but it it, that was a thing in it, which solidified in him early on that I should, I better be sure of my facts. And MJ12 aside, I think you know it, we all applaud Stanton because he's done the legwork in so many libraries and archives and such like that. And really, um, the most important thing, I suppose, is to be sure of of your data and. I know the kind of more esoteric aspects of the ufology. I think most of uh, all of us on this show today are kind of post nuts and bolts people. We probably all started thinking, uh, you know, that it, it was a nuts and bolts answer. Um, and I think probably, probably many of the cases, like the 701 unexplained cases in uh, Special Report 14, I wouldn't be surprised if many of them had some high strange aspects but maybe they weren't mentioned at the time because they just seemed so crazy and I think a lot of people's thinking these days is is they may have been the most important parts of the experience and there's definitely something going on um, I think with human consciousness it's definitely a it has it's definitely an interaction um, uh, some symbiotic thing. I don't know how to explain it, but the the more the more I read and see and listen to this subject, the more I'm sure that it, the answer is so strange. A bit like how Valet said, I'd be very disappointed if it's just aliens coming from another planet. Um, it. I just think it is so complex and. We have to be sure of what we can be sure of, but not exclude the things that seem uncomfortable or ill-fitting, because if they are reported as true as much as the other parts, then no matter, no matter how weird, I think we have to take all aspects into account. That That's the way I've gone personally, and I'm not a researcher, I'm just a guy who, who reads books, listens to shows and stuff like that. Um, but I think most of us here today are what I would call post-nuts and bolts. I was going to stand up and say yay as, as Goggs was talking. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, just go ahead. Uh, I think you bring up a really good point, Goggs. It's, it's something that I've been saying uh, for a while, um, noticing that People tend to leave out. Uh, I'm not saying this happens on every sighting or, or a close encounter event or encounter with a crypto creature or whatever, but it seems that there's a significant number where a particular nonsensical, absolutely head scratching, doesn't make any sense, will negate your impression of the entire experience. There's some little fact um, that is, is often left out. 
people don't want to mention that one little detail because then it will call the whole experience into question. And I think, Gogs, you're right. That one little detail could be crucial. I've had people come up to me days, weeks, months, years later and say, remember that sighting I told you about? Well, there's one thing I kind of didn't want to tell you, but I feel comfortable enough to tell you now, that sort of thing. And it's, it's, uh, I think it's important. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, that I think researcher filtering is is another huge problem, and I, I I don't know how to get rid of that filtering except like what Chris said is just um, listen and accept and say look if there's something there that you think is extremely strange that doesn't fit or you're embarrassed or about tell me that too I mean you're going to be anonymous anyway so let let's put that in because that might help other people understand what's going on and maybe give you some answers because a lot of times when these people are telling you these things. All they want to do is get it off their chest. It's about 90% of the problem is they want to say something to somebody that's not going to laugh at them or look at them funny. I mean, I'm sure Chris and oh, yeah. all of you guys have had this thing where, you know, you're, you're at your table or whatever at a convention and somebody comes up and just starts talking to you. And when they're done, they don't want a reaction. They don't want, they don't even want you to explain it. They just wanted to, they just wanted to say it. So I think that's part of, you know, that, that might be part of the, um, an important part of the equation. Yeah, I agree. We've got a lot more to talk about, and the experience is going to lead to one of the most controversial aspects of UFOs, especially in terms of the Paracast over the years, and we'll get to it in a moment with Paul Kimball, Greg Bishop, Gogs Mackay, Gene and Chris. You're in the 10-Year Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Wait a minute. Don't spend a dime on emergency food storage until you visit ReadySupplyFoods.com. If you're interested in getting the most high-quality food for your money, then see our comparison page where we list all the companies and rank them by value for your dollar. You'll see that Ready Supply Foods sells 50% more food for your money than any other company. GMO-free, 25-year shelf life, great tasting, and free shipping. Make an informed decision by going to ReadySupplyFoods.com today. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. 
You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Are you sneezing, coughing, and aching? Do you have a sore throat, a fever, or the sniffles? There's no reason to be sick this cold and flu season with immune system support from Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver can give your body the help it needs to fight off harmful pathogens without hurting beneficial gut flora and without leaving behind resistant bacteria. Antibiotics can damage good microflora and often leave behind bacteria which can cause problems later on. If you're sick of being sick, try Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver, the number one choice of thousands for a safe and effective way to protect against the many diseases and illnesses that we are facing today. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com, read our customer reviews, and see the life-changing results that people are having. That's SupernaturalSilver.com. SupernaturalSilver.com. Use the promo code PROTECTED for 20% off your entire order. And like us on Facebook, Supernatural Silver. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Ah, 10 years of the Paracast with Gene and Chris, Paul Kimball, Gogs Mackay, Greg Bishop. All right, I'm going to bring up the subject and... Paul, I think you get a sense of what we're talking about here. Let me just tell the anecdote here. So we were going to have two prominent abduction researchers on the Paracast in 2010. And they both said, as you recall, and you were very gracious about it, we're not going to go on the show with that Paul Kimball character. He doesn't believe us. Do you remember that? I do, yes. And I think part of it is that you were a disbeliever, but also you had said you wouldn't allow those two people, Dr. David Jacobs and Bud Hopkins, to hypnotize you. And I agree. I wouldn't allow anybody to hypnotize me because I I wouldn't know what was going to happen. But let me ask you, Paul Kimball, do you believe at all that any of these abduction scenarios, we're not talking about aliens or any specific explanation, have any value in terms of something strange going on? 
Of course. I never, and I've never suggested anything different. My problem, and without going to, down that rabbit hole, my problems with the late Bud Hopkins and, and David Jacobs relate to their methodology and how they act with the people that they're dealing with, which I think is irresponsible. But in terms of the, and I think damages the actual looking into of, I guess what you can call the abduction phenomenon, because I can't think of another name, the, the experiential phenomenon. There you go. Because, you know, the, human history is replete with stories and examples, usually before the 20th century, filtered through some sort of religious context of contact. Yeah, let's call it the contact experience. There you go. I like that better. Where people would talk about all sorts of strange things. I mean, I think I've talked about I've written about in my book, I think I've talked about on on the show years ago, a Canadian evangelist named Henry Allen, who was a transformative figure in Canadian history in the late 18th century. He was a religious figure. While you guys were fighting a revolution up here in the maritime colonies, we were undergoing a great spiritual awakening. They actually call it the Great Awakening. Anyway, Allen left behind a journal of his experiences and it's one of the primary, it's one of the few primary documents from that time period in Canadian history. And he describes in great length what he called his conversion experience. There are a few examples of Alan's, uh, conver- when he was doing his conversion thing, he wrote about being wrapped up uh, in God, ravished by the Spirit. I mean, these, you know, he was out in a the field, these were very physical things that were happening to him. So if you were to flash forward him 250 or so years into the modern era, you might view those experiences, given the way we look at things now, less in a religious sense, although many people still do. But depending on where you are and who you are, you might sort of view them more in a technological sense, and dare we say an alien sense, you might filter it through that prism of of understanding. It doesn't change the nature of the experience, what he described. I, I know people in my own life who are um, who do still filter it through an eva- uh, a religious filter, and they still view it as an evangelical religious experience where they have direct contact with God. Maybe it is, or maybe they're having contact with space aliens or some form of what I call an advanced non-human intelligence that I choose not to characterize as a particular thing. But the experience, all of these people are having experiences, and so that's you know that was always my problem with the abduction thing where they would try and pigeonhole these what I consider very interesting, very high strangeness experiences into one particular category and then lead the people who had the experiences down that road and sort of interpret for them what it is they experienced and then assign, and then they would come to believe, well, it had to be space aliens because that's what I'm being told it is. Whereas, you know, in, in 100 years ago, we used to do that with these experiences and say, well, it had to be God, it had to be religious, you need to join our church. And I, I think there's a much better way of it. So that was my problem with Jacobs and Hopkins, never that I discounted the experiences of these people, because I don't. Um, in fact, I find them fascinating. What I discount is the methodology of people who want to pigeonhole them into a particular belief mechanism. And that, for me, was Jacobs and Hopkins and others like them. They get the abduction experiences they expect to get, and they kind of attract the results that they receive. Gogs, what's your feeling? Well, I think I posted in the forum just the other day that um, if we're to believe anything about the use of hypnosis and um, recovering memories of supposed alien abduction or whatever it actually is, I think it should only be done by people, um, uh, practitioners of hypnosis, 
who don't have an iron in the fire, you know, are not interested in ufology and certainly have zero prior knowledge of the case before conducting um, the hypnosis. Um, because to, to have people like Bud Hopkins and David Jacobs who are almost, you know, they always, as Chris was kind of just saying, they always seem to get kind of the, the same end result. Now, I'm not accusing them of deliberately leading witnesses, but if... if Why not? Is- you know, maybe you should because I asked David Jacobs about leading witnesses and he said, no, it doesn't matter. Well, I think it well, does. No, he said he does it on purpose to see if they'll respond. I'll, I'll accuse him. I'll accuse him of that. I've read some of the transcripts. They are here is my legal opinion. Deliberately leading witnesses. It's the kind of questioning that would not. But this, you know, Jacobson Hopkins are not the only ones. Uh, you know, generally speaking, most UFO researchers have been lousy um, witness interviewers because there is a skill set that they teach you at either law school or police officers learn it or historians learn it. I took oral research methodology uh, in my grad studies. There's a way to ask questions, there's a type of question to ask to elicit the proper answer and not contaminate the witness. And as much as I love Stan, not to pick on Stan, but as much as I love Stan, Stan was not trained in that. He's very good at some things. Nuclear physics, he's far ahead of me. But in terms of being able to ask questions, none of these guys were really trained or had experience in it. And I think that contaminate, it led to the contamination of an entire generation or two of witnesses. And Hopkins and Jacobs are just the most, perhaps to me, egregious examples. But it, you know, it, it was happening throughout UFO research, you know, from the very beginning, really. Yeah. We need people who have no interest in ufology whatsoever and have no idea that this person uh, is claiming an abduction or whatever. They should just say, oh, this person is having difficulty dealing with a, you know, a certain events and a certain night, and that's all they should know, and then it should be taken from there. But to use people who already have formed you know, the idea that this goes on, alien abduction and experiments or whatever, is a complete mistake from the get-go. Well, we have, of course, Dr. Benjamin Simon, who hypnotized the Hills. So there is that. He supposedly had no leanings one way or the other about UFOs. Well, he kind of couldn't because it hadn't been done before, all this regression for that. So he was clean, in my opinion. I would just like to add, just on the thing about hypnosis, I don't dismiss hypnosis for behavior modification. Baseball players find it, for instance, quite useful, I think. What I do tend to dismiss hypnosis for is memory recovery. And the criminal law, there's any number of cases over the last 30 years where, usually involving sexual abuse cases, alleged sexual abuse cases, where memory was elicited through hypnosis, and it turned out to be wrong. And so I think hypnosis is a lousy tool for memory recovery. I don't think it's appropriate. for. And Valet, I believe, has said the exact same thing. So I'm not you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel. Valet's been critical of the use of hypnosis in memory recovery for decades. What I think hypnosis is useful for is behavior modification. And ironically enough, I think that's exactly what the abduction researchers are engaged in. Now, in honor of our 10th anniversary this week, we're going to have a special double-length episode of the After the Paracast podcast featuring our guest panel. If you want to hear after the Paracast, you've got to join the Paracast Plus. So please visit plus.theparacast.com for more information about 
The Paracast Plus, plus.theparacast.com. We also supply an ad-free version of this show, show transcripts, videos, and more. We're going to modify your behavior right now, listeners. We haven't figured out how yet. We've got Paul Kimball, Gogs Mackay, Greg Bishop, Gene, and Chris. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Attention citizens, this man has received national attention for accurately predicting every major financial trend, including the market crash of 2008. His name is Harry Dent, and in his newly released book, he is making even bigger and bolder predictions that have the potential to devastate the world economy and your personal wealth. You can get a free copy of Harry Dent's bestseller, The Demographic Cliff, containing never-before-published information by simply visiting www.harrydentresearch.com. Again, that's www.harrydentresearch.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. 
Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Greg Bishop, Paul Kimball, Gox McKay, Gene and Chris, the 10th anniversary show, focusing. Yay! Yeah, let's apply. Some people might feel relieved. You did it, Gene. You did it. I don't know how, but you did. I haven't figured out what I've done yet, but maybe in another 10 years, I'll come to that answer. We're trying to look at the abduction experiences and trying to see if we can find anything here. And again, it's still all about the cultural meme, which is today it has to be aliens and 100 years from now, it'll be something else. And we know what it was 100 years ago. Well, I'd like to chime in here just a little bit on this. Um, Having had a regression um, session with the first licensed hypnotherapist, I think in the United States, Dr. Ivar Berkman, when I was 13, I was never allowed to see the results of my regression. There was some deep probing into my pre-adoptive life. Um, I was adopted when I was five, and I was never allowed to go back there. I was never allowed to hear the recording. Um, So I've always wondered about that. But the point I was going to make here is that hypnosis I think is like gasoline. And when you have an emotional experience that has a deep subconscious impact on the individual, if you have an experience that's really, that that allows emotional elements to well up, I think that by improperly regressing somebody, you're throwing gasoline on a fire. And that's, that's where you could have a very fertile ground for leading witnesses, for witnesses to, um, their hidden fears, wants, and desires may come out in the quality and the languaging of what comes out of the regressive uh, state. And this is something that you don't hear much uh, about. You know, people don't talk about this much. But but whenever you hip- hypnotize somebody about something deeply emotional and that, that touches some sort of primal primal uh, urges and, and strikes to the soul of their emotional body, um, it's really, really delicate uh, territory, and I think that uh, it's very, very easy to – it's one thing to ask a hypnotize a witness and say, what color was the car? Do you remember the license number? Do you remember the color of the hair? That sort of thing that's kind of done in a very sort of objective, sort of dispassionate way as opposed to somebody that's had this, this, this you know, what they think uh, is a horrifying experience. So I think the emotional um, element of the witness – or the experiencer uh, is 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 treated, I think, a little callously uh, by the before mentioned uh, investigators and others. That's why I think uh, people like uh, Barbara Lamb and a Leo Sprinkle 
and in a lesser way, uh, Deborah Lindemann and and others. I think they they ratchet down that aspect, but then they sometimes go too much in the other direction, and and try to make it all okay. So again, I have been so just on the fence in this whole thing, and I've really not commented uh, too much beyond my comments here. I it's, it's something I just kind of stay away from. It just breeds emotions. Chris, we have a lot of questions from listeners. This is the final third, roughly, of the episode. Maybe ask a couple more. Yeah, uh, we do have some good ones. Here's one from uh, Chuckleberry Finn, and uh, he has been a longtime poster all the way almost back to the beginning. Uh, and he comes out occasionally with some very, very uh, – well, when he does come out and, and post, he, he generally does it here at forum.theparacast.com and the question bank where our listeners can you know ask questions of our guests. And uh, here's one uh, for Greg, and he's wondering what your top favorite books are. Not necessarily UFO books, just books you like, fiction, nonfiction, whatever. Um, well, that's pretty easy. Uh, one of my favorites is You Can't Win, which was written by a guy. Um, his name is uh, uh, Black. I can't uh, – Jack Black, not not the one everybody thinks of. And it was a – it was a um, – pseudonym this was written in the 1920s it was about a, a it's william burroughs favorite book it's just about a guy that was a, a career criminal starting out in the late 1800s and into probably 1920 or so and it's just a fascinating book and i've read it probably 10 times uh another one of my favorites is um <laughs> and chris knows this is uh the uh, story of cabeza de vaca about a uh, Spanish conquistador who uh, uh, was uh, basically shipwrecked in Florida in the late 1500s and wandered through the United States or what would become the United States for like 10 years or longer until he finally stumbled into an outpost in Mexico um, uh, after meeting all kinds of indigenous people all the way. 1531 was. Yeah. Okay. So it was, yeah, it was early 1500s. One of the, it, I, it, the reason I'm fascinated by this is the reason I'm fascinated by any uh, is the reason the reason is I'm fascinated by anybody who gets experience of something or gets involved in something before anybody has any idea how to talk about it. Right. So that the the the, the experience is is um, pure and it doesn't have preconceptions all wrapped around it. You know, as, as far as UFO books. Uh, I think uh, my favorite UFO book, one of my favorites is, and I've said it before, is um, uh, Messengers of Deception um, for obvious reasons. Uh, and um, another one of my favorites is uh, the, uh, I can't think of it, um, uh, Jim Brandon's book, um, uh, Rebirth of Pan, which right. is kind of hard to find, but very, very, very deep influence on my thinking and uh, maybe Operation Trojan Horse, oh. anything by, by Keel. Um, but yeah, these are, uh, those are basically books that come up when I think of, you know, my favorite people. My, uh, another one, strangely enough, is um, John Barleycorn by uh, uh, Jack London. It's just about basically an autobiography of him being an alcoholic and what, how he became one and the problems he had with it and all that. And this was written in, you know, 1911 or something like that when nobody really said that alcoholism was a disease. He dealt with it very straightforwardly. And people actually don't want to think that it's an autobiography because it made, and it shows a weakness in him, which was actually a brave thing for him to do at the time to write that. So yeah, that's, those are basically some of the things that, uh, that float my boat, I guess. Yeah. How about you, Paul? 
Um, yeah, I read a lot of, you know, my tra- my background is in history. I still read a lot of history. I'm, I'm reading Adrian Goldworth, uh, Goldsworthy's biography of Augustus. Actually, right now I'm sort of into um, ancient history. I move. I'm like Doctor Who. I move between time periods. But uh, in terms of fiction, you know, if I had my top five, they'd be Wuthering Heights, uh, In Quiet Flows the Dawn by uh, Shalikov, um, The Watership Down, which is probably my favorite book. Uh, those plucky little rabbits, I, I cry every time I read that book. Uh, there's a great book by a Canadian author for, here from Nova Scotia called Mountain Valley, Ernest, Ernest Buckler. Um, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I love the late 19th century romantic literature, Pride and Prejudice, uh, and all of that. Um, uh, Far From the Madding Crowd, I'd probably make my fifth sort of book. And I, I revisit those, you know. It, I, I read Watership Down usually once every year or two. But I revisit them every now and then, even as I'm trying, you know, I try and read... Uh, newer books, new literature. It's just, there's so much out there. It's like music. There's so much out there that it's hard to, um, and you know, we all have lives to lead and jobs to do and stuff like that. It's, but, but the, the nature of what I do, writing screenplays or whatever. Yeah. I was just, as I was saying, you know, when you're, when you make your living, at least in part on telling stories and writing screenplays and stuff, you have to be, you know, you have to, you have to have an understanding of literature. Shakespeare. I've read all of Shakespeare's plays, for instance, and every year I try and go see at least one or two when they're performed locally here. So, you know, like everybody, I would think you have a broad... Actually, I shouldn't say like everybody. One of the things that annoys me most about modern society is that people don't read as much as they used to. (laughs) And that's part of the Twitter, Facebook. And I mean, I use those things. I'm on them more or less all the time, it seems. But you have to have a balance. Yeah. And so the same thing is true in um, UFO research or ghost research or whatever you want to call it. I think you have to be familiar with the literature from the past, but I think you also have to be uh, familiar with the technological tools that you can use to disseminate and collect information as it exists today and to communicate with other people. So it's a, it's a balancing act between both, and it's you know within the paranormal world, uh, it's hard to, to balance sometimes. Far too many people seem stuck in the past and not, you know, using the tools of the present. Um, and some of the, a lot of people, as Chris mentioned earlier, who just go online and look at videos, crazy videos of sea monsters or something jumping out of the water, um, third phase of moon. They, you know, they, they, they're not familiar with the literature of the past, so they sort of say, wow, this seems really new. This is amazing. Really? No. This, you know, <laughs> people have been talking about this for 50 years. So there's, you know, you have to walk that fine line between the two, the two different worlds. It's not always easy. I'm going to list some of my views about this in our next segment. Concentrate mostly on UFOs and or paranormal books. But we do have four more segments and more of your questions. This is our 10th anniversary roundtable. We've got Paul Kimball, Chris O'Brien, Gene Steinberg, Gogs McKay, Greg Bishop, all together in one large virtual room at Stuff to the Gills. With Gene and Chris, you're in Gepetikos. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris and Paul Kimball... Gogs, Mackay, and Greg Bishop, the 10th anniversary show. 10 years of the Paracast. And for those who are tuning in late on the various radio stations that carry us, we had also hoped to have Brad Steiger, who was one of our first guests on the show. And he had a bit of a fall in the snow-covered Iowa. So he's on the mend. We'll have him back in the near future. And we also wanted Nick Redfern on. But Nick has not one but two book book deadlines here at the end of March. So every spare second that he's awake and coughed up, he's writing. Which, you know, what else is new? <laughs> you know, it's funny about coffee. With me, I drink coffee in the morning. Within an hour, I feel groggy. But if I just take one of those energy drinks like Red Bull, I'm raring to go. There you go. How low can you go? Books that <laughs> impacted me in many different ways. And I'll focus on UFOs. And I think the first book I ever read, Flying Saucers from Outer Space by Major Donald Kehoe. Not that I agree with a lot of what Kehoe says and what he concluded, because it's just the same stuff that we talk about today in the UFO field if you're not engaged in cutting-edge thinking. But because it was the start for me, it opened up my mind, like that line in Total Recall, open up your mind. It opened up my mind about all sorts of incredible possibilities as a preteen. So I enjoyed reading that book and other Kehoe books until I learned about 
things not being quite what they seem to be, which is why UFOs Operation Trojan Horse by John Keel really influenced me because he was saying everything you thought you knew and believed and accepted was wrong. And that's a very good wake-up call. I had that wake-up call. You, Goggs? Um, when it comes to fiction, definitely top of the list is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I can reread them ad infinitum. I just love those books. Another fiction book, a science fiction writer that you don't hear of much these days is a guy called Greg Bear, and he wrote some amazing books, one of which was called Eon, another one, Blood Music. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. If you haven't, check them out for sure. And um, UFO books also, uh, Operation Trojan Horse, I've got that. I like... Um, I love Le Leslie Keane's book about UFOs, generals, pilots, etc. I can never remember the full title. Um, also, I've got the Donald Kehoe book that you mentioned, Gene. I've also got one by Alan Hynek, but the, the, the name escapes me right now. But it's the one in which he, um, I think he first came out with his, you know, uh, levels of contact as in, yeah. you know, close the UFO encounter once. I think the UFO experience is his real seminal work. Yeah, that's, that's the one. That's the biggie. Yeah. And also another book that I've appreciated recently was uh, William Bramley's Gods of Eden. Oh, yeah. It's a tough read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a tough read. It is. And it's interesting. He only wrote one book on, you know, that even covered the subject to my knowledge. Yeah, you ever notice that everybody here that, that there's a lot of really good books on UFOs that were written by somebody who just wrote one book. One book, yeah. <laughs> Angels and Aliens by Keith Thompson. That's yeah. that's an incredible yeah. book, and it's the only one he wrote about the subject. Demonic Reality, Patrick Harper. Yes. Yeah, another good one. Let me uh, chime in here. I've, I've got a whole list in fiction. Uh, Gary Jennings, uh, just the most incredible historical. Fiction writer, all the Aztec books. Um, probably my favorite nonfiction book is The Journeyer, which is the 50% of uh, Marco Polo's experiences that he didn't write in my travels around the world. Uh, excellent book. I've, I've reread it probably five or six times. Clavels, uh, Shogun, King Rat, Gai Jing, those books, excellent. And, uh, but in terms of paranormal stuff, uh, Cosmic Trigger uh, was a real eye-opening book for me by Robert Anton Wilson. Um, I agree, John Keel, Operation Trojan Horse, as, as far as UFO books go, that is way at the top of the list, along with Mes Messengers of Deceptions, Valet's Trilogy of Confrontations, Dimensions, and Revelations, extremely important in my thinking. Terence McKenna's books, uh, Food of the Gods, True yeah. Hallucinations, uh, just outrageously out of the box thinking as, uh, you know, trying to incorporate uh, altered states of reality to help um, give us another uh, paintbrush in our, in our palette to, uh, in colors in our palette to look at our reality in new and different and exciting ways. So, um, and I could go on and on and on. I've, I've got so many that I like, but those, those are the ones that really, really leap out right now. Let's leap to another question, Chris. Okay. Speaking of Patrick Harper, uh, Wade, who is a long time, uh, well, he's been posting for six years now and he's up to 40, 4,200 posts. And uh, he calls himself a paranormal master, which I, I've always found that uh, <laughs> intriguing. 
Wade would like to know if any of the participants are familiar with Patrick Harper's, quote, Panic in the Woods, unquote, article, and have they experienced it themselves? Do you think that there's anything to it other than overindulgent imagination? And why uh, do you think that this happens? He says, speaking for myself, I live in Los Angeles and walk down dark alleys that by all accounts should give one pause entering, yet I had no issue going in. However, there were a couple of places I hiked in the An- Angeles National Forest and Los Padres, and in a couple of places, it was all I could do to keep myself from bolting, mostly because after all went quiet, I could have heard, sworn I heard a buzzing noise that increased in volume. Could it have been cicadas or my imagination? He didn't stick around long enough to rationalize it out. <laughs> Paul, you live up in, in a fairly remote uh, location in North America. Uh, I mean, you can go uh, probably a half hour and like be in really, really dense woods. And and I'm sure you've spent time out there. Do you ever get that you know, panic in the woods thing? Like somebody's watching you if you're out there by yourself? Or Yeah. I used to get it a lot more when I was a kid um, because I grew up in a sort of on the border of suburban slash near rural. And we had about two acres of land. And behind the house, it was all wooded, and we had a tree fort and all sorts of cool stuff for kids. You know, there would be times when I, I remember when I would be out there by myself, and, you know, the parents would be in the house, or my brother and sister would be somewhere else. And, you know, you can almost, yeah, I could almost hear people talking. Uh, now, that makes me sound crazy. But, you know, having hosted a ghost TV series, I'm not so worried about sounding crazy anymore. It wasn't people talking, but it was it was just... You know, it was, you get this feeling and, and it's very, it's very hard to describe. Um, you know, I've experienced it since. I remember once in particular, I was in uh, Colorado in 2007, sorry, 2008, August 2008, running a play, um, doing time, which I'd written with Mac Tony's actually at the uh, Boulder International Fringe Festival. And we, we, one of my two actors, Annie Briggs, was uh, very inter- was Buddhist, very interested in Buddhism. So we went up to the Great Stupa in northern Colorado on a, one of our off days. And they had a spot there that I just kind of walked. It was the peaceful meditation spot. And I don't know what it was, but it was, you know, there was some wind and stuff outside it. And as soon as I walked inside it, the, the opposite happened. It was as if I had walked into a, a bubble away from anything else in the world. And, you know, the the true skeptic, the skeptic in me even would say, well, that's probably, they put it there because it's they, the wind patterns and everything. But as soon as I walked out of it, you know, it was like I was back in the real world again. And so, you know, I noticed those kinds of things when I was uh, investigating the, the, some of the weirder things that happened to me were things like that during the ghost series. So yeah, you know, I, I sort of, including some moments when I panicked, you know, there's, I've, I've written about, it, I've talked about it where there were moments where I was just overcome with fear because I was, al- I would put myself alone in certain places and you get that, you know, do you create it or is it created for you? or Is it actually something happening? And depending on the circumstance, I'm willing to admit that all three of those things might be true. So, um, in a roundabout way, without having read Patrick Harper's particular article, um, but understanding generally what you're talking about. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I'll give you my example. Wait, but no, let me give it for well, you. No, I have to do the break. Anytime you walk into Barbara's room and she's watching Fox News, you go into a deep panic. I know. You know what? You got it right. <laughs> Gene and Chris, Paul Campbell, Greg Bishop, Gogs Mackay. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
If you're fascinated by UFOs, ancient aliens, archaeological mysteries, ghost hunting, Atlantis, and any other paranormal topic as we are, be sure to check out apmagazine.info each month. Since 1985, it has presented the latest research by top researchers like Andrew Collins, Brad Steiger, and many others, and contains interviews with such leading personalities as Jacques Vallée. Check, click on one of their banners and check out apmagazine.info. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details in the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't take on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Hi there, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. And we're looking in this time of terrible financial crash, terrible meltdown of the medical system, we're looking to pay people obscene amounts of money if you become a student of our business at Longevity, We will help you actually take care of people better than the medical system has. Think about it. We spend more money in America for health care than all the other 218 nations the world put together, and they can't even solve weight loss problems. I mean, the medical system can have a total mental brain fart, and if you do this, you will be able to save an enormous amount of people from being overweight, being obese. They don't even know what causes obesity. Believe me, we know what causes obesity. In the medical system, they think it's from eating too much. It's not from eating too much. It's actually a mineral deficiency. Do you solve a iron deficiency anemia with a bone marrow transplant? That's what they think. Do you solve a mineral deficiency that causes obesity with a gastric bypass? That's dumber than a stump. Contact us at GCNminerals.com. Learn how to lose weight, look good, and save yourselves a gob of money. 
Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, so it's not just going into the bedroom and watching Barbara Steinberg watch Fox News and I don't remember how she got addicted to that. She's a nice Jewish girl from Brooklyn, New York. It doesn't seem to make sense. This is the 10th anniversary episode of the Paracast. Let me give you the real panic in the woods scenario. So I used to work at a radio station in Tuscumbia, Alabama, part of the Quad Cities of Alabama. That includes Muscle Shoals. And this was around the time that all those famous recordings were being made in Muscle Shoals. Okay? Now, The radio station I worked at was then a country western station, and it was on a two-lane road in the woods to get to the station and the transmitter, all in a unified building. And maybe a couple of weeks after I first learned how to drive and got myself a car, my first wife and I are driving, and we take a trip to this area just to get used to driving and the experience. And that time, one time, it was maybe 7, 8 at night, it was dark, And I felt an incredible state of panic, all-consuming. And I looked around, and I didn't want to go any further. And finally, I struggled to make a U-turn on a narrow two-lane road. I did it, and I got home. But just for that second, just everything was falling apart. I was just a mere lad at the time. Gogs, you? He doesn't have any woods. To be quite honest, I've been a bit baffled um, about what you guys have been relating. I've been in many woods many times, but I've never had this experience you're talking about. Greg Bishop, you're in the middle of the L.A. sprawl, suburban sprawl, so tell me more. Never in L.A. The one thing, the one time I did have a really weird experience like that, and I've been camping and hiking and stuff like that all my life. In fact, I went to southern Utah for a couple of years and hiked all the slot canyons by myself, which was probably a stupid thing to do. But um, I never had you know any kind of experience like that. The only time I did, and I think I freaked myself out a little bit, and I wrote about this, was when I read William Steinman's uh, UFO crash at Aztec when it came out in, what, was it 1987 or something like that? 86? I, I don't know when it was. Anyway, I read this and I said, okay, I've got a job. Uh, I've got some money. I'm going to get, I'm going to fly out to New Mexico, rent a car, and drive there to see if I can see what uh, William Steinman um, saw there. So I drive out there, whatever it was, 87, 88, something like that. And I drove, you know, I followed his instructions. I found the place. I found that little mesa or the cliff or whatever it was. And parked the car and started looking around and I suddenly got this really strange feeling that somebody was watching me and I the, the, the feeling was like I was running around naked and somebody was hunting me it was like this really primal fear 
I look down from the top of this cliff or whatever it is, down where the road is uh, in the valley coming up the cliff, and there's a white car down there with somebody sitting in the car apparently looking at me, which freaked me out. So I get in the car and I start to drive away, and then I said, I'm not going to let this fear overtake me. And I went back and looked around some more, and I got the feeling again. So I got in my car and drove away. And as I drive down, that car isn't there anymore, and it's gone somewhere. But as I pass a side road, two white vans or trucks, pickup trucks, come out the side road and come right up on my bumper, the first one. I had no idea what was going on, and they, they basically chased me. And then I, you know, I floored it, and I was going like 75 miles an hour on a gravel road. Mm. There was so much dust I, that I couldn't see them. And then when I slowed down, I finally I said, look, I'm not going to be a pussy. I'm just going to figure out what's going on here and ask them. And when I slowed down, the trucks weren't there anymore. So there might have been places to turn off. I don't know. I was driving so fast. But the funny thing is it went from a weird kind of fear that I was being watched to realizing that I was being watched to being chased, apparently, by two people. And they were chasing me. I mean, they were right up on my bumper, the the first truck. And there were two guys in the trucks, as far as I could tell, that were just in, you know, white shirts, dress shirts with a collar and a tie and sunglasses. It was a very weird experience. And you weren't chased by Dracula. Wanted to point that out. No, no, no. Unless he was uh, wearing a white shirt with a tie and a, and a white uh, truck. No. <laughs> he wanted to blend in. Yeah, out in the middle of nowhere where there was nobody else. The only thing I could think is that I was trespassing on, you know, uh, El Paso Gas Company land or something. But, I, you know, why that reaction? I have no idea. Have any of you experienced uh, what Jenny Randall's named the Oz factor in any experience? Yes. Explain more about that, will you, Cogs? Yeah, the, the Oz factor is quite often associated when, with people who are involved in some kind of high, strange event. And just before the, the event, it seems as if the world around them goes quiet, like, you know, insects, birds, whatever, you know, you suddenly can't hear them. And it's almost as if, well, you, while you're still geographically where you are, it's almost as if you're transported away to another place. And this is often like a prelude to a very high, strange event. And, and Jenny Randall's, the, you know, the celebrated British ufologist and writer, she coined it the Oz factor, as in, you know, like, going away to Oz in The Wizard of Oz. But many, many people have have reported this aspect just prior and during a strange experience. And maybe Chris can expand on it because he's just said that he's experienced it. So, Yeah, a number of times. Uh, the one, of course, that the only panic in the woods experience I've ever had happened when I was apparently chased off the western flank right at the base of Mount Shasta in early spring, chased off the mountain by something that roared and came through an impenetrable hedge of huckleberry, uh, mountain huckleberry, extremely tough uh, ancient plants, uh, roaring like a, I don't know, a lion, an elephant trumpeting and a steam engine is the only way I can describe it. I don't know what happened uh, over the next 20 minutes, half hour. Um, I went through a quarter mile of woods, Got in a van and was halfway down the down the foothills before I I had my my first you know recollection that I can remember now, but generally when I feel and I've spent weeks and weeks and and probably months in the Pacific Northwest Cascade Mountains, oftentimes uh, by myself or with one other person, 
Um, I've done extensive hiking all up and down um, the Adirondacks and the Catskills uh, and uh, spent time in the, uh, the northern Canadian Rockies uh, with one other person. And I've never had a feeling of panic in the woods. I've felt that Oz factor element kick in. And instead of becoming frightened and scared, I, I tend to become very, very meditative and quiet. And I sit very, very still and just allow my my sensory apparatus to go on high alert. And I sit and wait for something to happen. I, I, I do the opposite of, of running like I did with the whatever you want to call it, experience on Chasta. But normally what I'll do is I'll sit and, and try to identify what it is that's creating this kind of spooky feeling. Now, I've been to I don't know how many haunted sites God, around America uh, over the years. And the only time that I felt any sense of panic was in the basement of the Sally House. And that was uh, I was a shared experience with, with the four other people. I, I literally felt like uh, something was squeezing my heart. And if I didn't leave immediately, I, I, my personal safety was in, in jeopardy. Chris, our advertisers are squeezing oh, me right now. Got to uh, deal with them. Okay. We have Paul Kimball, Gox McKay, Gene, Chris, and Greg Bishop. You're in. The podcast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. I'm Jesse Gonzalez, Vice President of Kmart. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies in the United States? Or that survivors can face a lifetime of serious health problems? But you can help. Join me in Kmart for the March for Babies Walk. We'll work together to raise funds for research and programs that help the marginalized fight premature birth and birth defects and improve the health of moms and babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. Removing bad taste and odor from your drinking water is easy. Removing the bad stuff you don't taste is what ProPure does best. Water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure countertop, inline gravity, and household water filtration products. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. Hello, my name is Don Wiskin from HeartDrop.com, the distributors of Extendivite, the number one heart drop that people have been raving about for years. Every February for the last 16 years, HeartDrop.com has had a heart month sale to help you stay heart healthy. For only $115 plus shipping and handling, you can get a four-month supply of Extendivite in either liquid or capsule form to help you get started on your path to better health. Now is the time to stock up. Order what you need. Stay heart healthy all year with the number one heart drop, Extendivite. To order your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website, heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. 
We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. All right there. We continue final two segments of this extraordinary roundtable, 10th anniversary of the Paracast. They said it couldn't be done. And we're still here. Gogs Mackay, Paul Kimball, Gene and Chris, Greg Bishop. You have anything to add about this, Greg? Buzz Factor? Yes, sir. Yeah, well, not personally. I was kind of racking my brain while you other guys were talking about it. And the the panic in the woods, I don't know. But the Oz Factor thing, I think, is, you know, and it's kind of obvious, I think, to almost everybody listening, is that it's, it's present in just about any paranormal event be it a you know a ufo a bigfoot a, some other strange crypto uh, creature but it seems to happen in in a lot of different paranormal events and the only thing it kind of indicates to me is maybe you are dropped into some sort of realm where it, time doesn't make any any is is irrelevant for a little while and maybe that's a clue as to where all this stuff is coming from and that you know we experience whatever that lifting out of normal time flow as everything just turning silent. I don't know. That that's my current my current theory until something comes along to change my mind. Paul Kimball, have you ever felt you're not in Kansas anymore? Oh yeah, many times. Both individually, you know, I sort of talked about it um, in that trip to Colorado there, but um, both individually, but also in particularly when Holly and I were doing ghost cases and. 
I think both of us would tell you that we would have had experiences like that individually and then together. You know, it's kind of interesting. Having done that series changed, if, if there was anything that ever changed my way of looking at, in quotation marks, the paranormal, or I'd even say in quotation marks, the spiritual. I don't know. They're probably the same thing. That was it. I think it's the kind of, you know, I used to think that maybe you'd have to do it alone. I actually think it's the kind of thing that is, like certain other things, better shared. And having Holly along with me, somebody else who was open-minded, you know, putting ourselves in situations where we would open ourselves to experiences allowed us, I think, to have some of those experiences, many of which I can explain. You know, there were things that happened, and it's like, okay, well, this was this, and this was that. But there were enough things that happened that I couldn't explain, that it changed my way of looking at things. There's one that I've, I've written about in my book. I think I posted it online, too. I call it The Shadows of Chesky Krumlov. And it is it literally encompasses the Oz experience. It encompasses the Panic in the Woods experience, although it was actually in the center of a, uh, a historic town in the Czech Republic uh, called Chesky Krumlov. And it throws in some shadow people just for fun. Because, you know, I was, and anybody who knew me seven or eight years ago would have said, Paul Kimball's about to say what? But, you know, I was stalked by and confronted by what I can only call a shadow person. And when that kind of thing happens to you, you sort of, like, late at night, and I was alone, and there was nobody else in town. So all of that came out. And the funny thing is, uh, Holly and I were staying in this little uh, inn that was like a wizard's tower. It really was. It was like a wizard's tower. When I finally got back, because she had turned in early and I just wanted to go for a walk, I, I didn't tell her about it. I didn't tell her that night. I didn't tell her the next day. I didn't ever tell her about it. She had to read it in my book because that, you know, it took me three or four years to kind of process it and admit that, you know, sort of say that I'm willing to, if somebody wants to laugh at me, fine. But I'm going to tell you that I had this experience and I don't know what it means, but here it is. And that was one of those transformative things where I, I shrug my shoulders now and I go, well, I don't know what it was. I just know that it was something. And it, you know, everything up until the point where I felt somebody reaching out from behind me and grabbing me on the shoulder where I saw shadowy figures, all of that. And it scared the bejeebas out of me. There's no question about that. It was a true panic in the streets of Chesky Krumlov moment where I literally ran at the end of it. I ran through town. I just took off and ran. And eventually I wound up by the wizard's castle, and then I, I, you know, kind of took a moment to get my breath and then went back into the room we were staying in. But yeah, though, I've talked to a lot of people that have had experiences like that. I throw synchronicity in there, too. Greg knows about this. I was in L.A. in 2011. I, I'm fascinated by synchronicity. You know, I had a run of what I consider synchronistic experiences that included some where Greg was present at a baseball game and then on his own radio show, Radio Mysterioso, with Walter Bosley happening in the studio as we're discussing synchronicity. Synchronistic experiences start happening, mostly between Walter and I. And so, you know, those kinds of, once you open your, it's like, a, I kind of view it as a door. Once you open your the door to all of these things happening, I think, things can happen to you. And, and I wish more people would do that because it makes, if nothing else, it makes life awfully interesting. I don't know I've had any experience like that at all. I feel I'm deprived. Some people say he's depraved, but I feel I've been deprived of things like that. Chris, we are in our last segment and a half, maybe another question or two before we wrap, sir. Well, um, this comes from Ravensfee, um, who is a, a fairly recent uh, signee up at forum.theparacast.com, but she asks really good questions. And um, there's uh, we could 
we could divide it up into two things. This is kind of for uh, our younger people, I think, getting the, that are interested in getting into the field and have, you know, have the motivation to, to possibly uh, dip their toe in the pool. And um, th- this goes out to everybody. What would you say to someone or what would you uh, suggest to someone with no previous experience joining the field today? And I assume that she's talking about the paranormal, UFOs, cryptozoology, the things that fall within that uh, rubric. Um, Paul, uh, I mean, other, other than be as objective as you can, uh, what, would, what would you suggest? Go do it yourself. Um, so, you know, read whatever, but uh, what is it? I can never remember the Bob Dylan line, but don't follow leaders, something parking meters, whatever it is. You know, go out and do it yourself. So almost everywhere has some sort of paranormal group or whatever. A lot of them are nuts and crazy and, you know, goofy and you should stay away. But do a little research. Find a group of people. There's a good one here in Nova Scotia, for instance. I, they run a conference called the Paracon down on uh, the Eastern Shore, which is a very sort of allegedly haunted part. of It's like Maine. You Americans can probably relate, the Stephen King kind of thing. They're, every second house is haunted. So, you know, they go out on regular um, sort of haunting investigations and stuff like that. And I spoke at the Paracon this past August, and Tim Benal was there actually uh, covering it for his show. And we went to this sort of haunting thing. They had, At night they would say, okay, and the lectures are over. Stan was there too. Let's all go and we'll go to one of these haunted sites, actually several. And we picked an old uh, uh, theater. And, you know, th- you realize immediately Kelly Conley was one of the people leading the investigation. These are, you know, good, solid, nice, serious people. And so then you're like, great, this is awesome. We can open ourselves up to having some sort of experience if there is an experience to be had. And I think on your show, Greg, I, I talked about the experience that I had that night. I think Benal had an experience as well or something weird happened to him. And so I would just say get out there and, uh, you know, engage and get involved and do it yourself. Having taken that turn myself around 2008, 2009, it, it, like I said, it changed the way I looked at things. So I'm all for armchair theorists and everything. That's great. I don't view that as a bad thing, but I think it's just more fun. You get the gee whiz factor if you go out and engage. It's like anything else in life. You can look at books about great walks and hikes that you can take, or you can actually go out and take the hike yourself. Both are perfectly valid things to do, but I think actually doing it yourself is a little more fun. And that's the one thing I would really say is anybody young who wants to get into it, you've got to have – you you have to have fun doing it. If it's not fun, if it's some death life and death struggle, you know, like you take it. So Steve Bassett, the man's no fun. I mean, you you have to have fun doing it, and that's <laughs> what's missing in a lot of this. Is people are so deadly serious, and it's the most interesting gee whiz kind of thing you can do. Yeah. So enjoy and have fun. Well, that is also one of the issues here that I think we're losing the feeling of fun, of wonderment discovering the unknown and it doesn't happen as much as it used to and of course part of that is the way society has been so screwed up but that takes us to the political world and it's a place i don't want to enter now we have a book here by the way from paul kimball that i want to talk about a little bit in our next segment let's do that we have a 10th anniversary show of the paracast with gogs mckay paul kimball gene and chris greg bishop and that means you're in uh, the Paracast. Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Removing bad taste and odor from your drinking water is easy. Removing the bad stuff you don't taste is what ProPure does best. Water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure countertop, inline gravity, and household water filtration products. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. Are you tired of the cold this winter? Are you prepared for the next blizzard or snowstorm? What will you do when the power and heat go off? That could be our future. Fortress Clothing's Bug Out Bag with our head-to-toe solution is your one-step answer to survival in the cold. It doesn't expire. It doesn't go bad. It's lightweight and mobile. And it doesn't just sit on the shelf waiting for an emergency. You can use Fortress today. Be warm and comfortable if you or your family work in the cold. Be warm and comfortable while you play, hunt, fish, camp, ski, paraglide, go sledding with the family, or just shovel the walks. You will never be cold again. FortressClothing.com is the answer. Your emergency preparedness solution to the cold. Your solution to working or playing in the cold. Visit us at FortressClothing.com and enter radio. Buy now and receive your 20% off discount. You will never be cold again. FortressClothing.com. It could save your life one day. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. 
He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You're on the Paracast, 10th Anniversary Roundtable. Paul Kimball, Gogs McKay, Greg Bishop, Gene and Chris. Now, Paul, a couple of weeks back, you sent me a copy of a book, The Other Side of Truth, subtitled The Paranormal, The Art of the Imagination and the Human Condition. We have a few moments here in our final segment. Tell us about the book. It's really good. Buy it. Hey, there we go. Greg, how's, how's your new book coming along? Um, it's, it's sort of... Uh, I joke. No, I don't joke. You know, it basically covers, I wrote it in 2012 because I, I sort of had these experiences and also objective things like UFO cases and stuff. So it talks about synchronicity, it talks about ghosts, it talks about reincarnation and sort of my views on it, but also other people's views as well. Uh, I'm trying to think UFOs are in there, but the overarching theme to me is that all of these things might be interrelated. And I kind of view it I tried to view it from an artistic point of view, because that's what I am, an artist, I guess. Depends on what the critics say. But I try to be an artist. And whether it's making movies or writing fiction or comic books or whatever it is, whatever your paintings, what music, whatever it is that you're putting out there, you're trying to make a connection with the audience. And so I sort of look at all of these things that happen and say, I think it's possible there's something out there, which I call an advanced non-human intelligence or Zorgrot, that is putting on a show for us. That show is trying to stimulate our imaginations so that we can, you know, sort of that sense of wonder so that we can imagine new and better futures and become more innovative, become more not linear thinking, but sort of think in all sorts of different ways, rather than giving us the answers. There's the nuts and bolts thing. The nuts and bolts guys will tell you that space aliens, or whomever, God, it could be God, are coming here and they're going to give you the answers. There's the Bible. All the answers are in there. There's Roswell. All the answers are from the space aliens in there. And my thought is that it would be much more subtle than that, that they would want us to find the answers ourselves, to find our own path, like a parent would. You know, you don't want to do your kids' homework, but you want to help them. You want to encourage them to take an interest in the subject. And so when I see all these things, some of them are frightening. People say, well, why would they be scaring us? Well, people go to see horror films. The Exorcist is one of the scariest things I've ever seen or experienced. still scares me. And I still watch it because I like to be scared. It's a primal emotion. And then it gets me thinking. To me, all of these things are this sort of intelligence, whatever it might be, interacting with us in different ways through different periods of time in different guises and trying to stimulate our imagination, trying to encourage us to communicate with each other in different ways and and to think in different ways. And so that's sort of what the book is all about. Whether anybody believes my theory or accepts my theory or finds it interesting or not, there's some cool ghost stories in there and some cool synchronicity stories. So those are fun too. You don't have to accept the theory to enjoy the stories, I guess. Now, for those who read the book, and it's a pretty quick read, we're talking about something that's 230 pages and some odd, what can they take away from it 
that maybe they didn't know before they got into it? That I should probably never write another book again. I don't know. I don't know if I could write another book again like that. I think I sort of used everything. You know what? I think here's what they could take away. That somebody like me who had a reputation as being, I still do, I guess, confrontational and cranky and close, some people would have said close-minded, which was never actually true, but, you know, very, would become much more open-minded if they actually go out and do these kinds of things themselves. And that gets back to what I've said already, which is, you know, be more lighthearted about it and be more open-minded and be willing to be skeptical, but also be willing to accept what happens to you and be amazed by it. And I think that can lead you to some very interesting places. But I think you actually have to do it yourself and with, you know, friends, whether it was for me, Holly, or Greg and Walter or or whomever. Try and have those experiences rather than just sort of sit and read other people's books. Develop and fine-tune your BS meter. Yeah, that helps too. I mean, like I said, there were cases that we investigated for ghost cases that we didn't air because – we found that people were either lying or that the stories were explainable, and then that doesn't make for good television, particularly if we find out people are lying. That wasn't our interest in exposing liars. So you just kind of, great, that goes over there. So, you know, a healthy grain of salt, but I would say also be prepared to toss that grain of salt over your shoulder if you run into a situation where, you know, that sort of superstition might come in handy. Very briefly here before we kind of start wrapping up, Whatever happened to Holly after you did that ghost TV show? Not guilty. Sorry. Uh, she lives in Vancouver now. She moved to Vancouver, still does some acting. And um, I actually recommended her. I was contacted by a guy who's looking at doing another ghost paranormal investigation show, wanted a female host or co-host. And I recommended Holly and one other, uh, Kelly Conley too, which is the Paracon person from Liverpool. And I said, look, I know you only need one, but you should interview these two people and then figure out which one works best for you because they're both great. So yeah, hanging out with Holly was one of the great experiences of my life. And Greg was lucky enough to meet her too. She's just a ton of fun. So she's still interested in the subject, but you know, keeps it pretty low profile. Well, I think after you've gone through this, you can either stay with it or get on with your life. And a lot of people are sort of want to get on with their lives, but the rest of us are kind of stuck. Paul, I've got the impression that you kind of drift in and out of it. You're happy to get out of it, but then you're back in it again. Is that my feeling being correct? I don't know if you're ever out or you're ever in. It's kind of like Spock, right? Leonard Nimoy wrote a book. I'm something He would say, I'm not Spock, and then eventually said, I am Spock, and he came to grips with it. I've never considered myself a ufologist, and for years I kind of looked for a term. I always said, look, it's just a subject I'm interested in, like history and music and all sorts of other things. And if I was to use a term now, I'd go back to the very beginning and I'd say Fordian. You know, it's not just UFOs, it's not just ghosts, it's not just whatever. Like or an monsters. anomalist. Or an anomalist. Actually, anomalist sounds sexier, so I'll go with that. <laughs> um, either one of those two terms, where you take a holistic, very broad-based approach to what you could generally call the paranormal. So, yeah, I'm always in it. It's just, you know, your interest goes up or it goes down, depending on what else it is that you're doing. We only have, like, 20 seconds for the answers from the rest of you. Greg Bishop. You've been in and out or always in? Uh, I guess in and out, but mostly in. It's uh, it, it just it kind of varies with you know what I'm exposed to and who I'm talking to and all that. I, I talk about it a lot in the book that I'm going to release in about a week, so th- there'll be more details in that. And we'll have you back to talk about the book. Gogs, in or out? What's going on with you? Um, definitely in. And I'd have one quick piece of advice for someone that was very new to the field. And I would just 
tell them to think of the of analogy um, like panning for gold, and that is basically in the field you're going to be p- sifting through lots of grit, lots of dirt for a long time before you get a you know a nugget of gold. But they do exist. And if you just be patient, you know, you'll come across them and just ignore the grit, wait for the nuggets. Chris, 15 seconds, in and out. Well, reluctantly in, but always alongside, hovering over, you know, looking up from underground. I, I try to stay uh, separate from the uh, the field in terms of the, you know, the, the standard rank and file and, and, and try to be more of a social observer um, as well as a field investigator and being, you know, totally immersed. So I would say in, but always alongside. Well, I didn't know I was in the field until the PowerCast started in 2006. It's now 2016. So what happens next? Well, we'll have 10 more years of the PowerCast and maybe a special episode five years from now. Let's see how it works out. Paul Kimball, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff you do. Um, the best place to look would be my personal website, I guess, Paul Andrew Kimball, all one word, dot com. And some of it's paranormal, but a lot of it's food and travel and other stuff. But if you sift through the other stuff, there's some paranormal stuff there, too. Greg Bishop. This place is uh, radiomysterioso.com, R-A-D-I-O-M-I-S-T-E-R-I-O-S-O, dot com. That's where my show is and announcements and things like that. Chris O'Brien has OurStrangePlanet.com. Hasn't been updated in a while. We're pushing him to kind of bring things up to date. You can also find us on Twitter. Look for the Paracast. Look for a pair of Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. Look for the Paracast Plus featuring the ad-free version of this show after the Paracast podcast. This week we feature a special double-length episode of After the Paracast featuring Paul, Greg, and Gox. Don't miss it. After the Paracast. Go to plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com with simple sign-up instructions. Paul Kimball, Gogs McKay, Greg Bishop, thank you all for joining us this week on the Paracast. Oh, thanks for having me, Gene. Good to be back. An honor to have been part of this 10 years, Gene. Yes, ditto to what Gog says. Thank you so much, Gene and Chris. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.